reason these disturbances, they followed you to a new home, is because it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out of the sharks, took the rest June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. You get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh. My name is Robert Hawkins. Approximately seven hours ago, uh, something attacked the city. Um, if you found this, if you're watching this, then you know more about it than I do. California, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm, I'm, I'm coming here. John Doe has the upper hand. And on that day, Ahab will go to his grave, but he'll rise again within the hour. He will rise and beckon that all, all save one, shall follow. They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! They're all gonna laugh at you! Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the USA, and with me in the state of Michigan. <laughs> this is Eric. Eric, how's it going? I am well. Good, good. I, I, I almost stumbled there because the, the last two podcasts I, I did was <laughs> I was just like waiting for you to finish. My... So I was like, is he, is he going to Michigan? Is he going to Michigan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we, we have the She-Hulk one and the... House of Dragon one, and I always introduce Mike first. Anyway, uh, and, and speaking of Mike, uh, in the state of New York, I this is this is the aforementioned Mike. That is true. There was no suspense because I already gave your name away. Spoiled and, it. <coughs> spoiled it. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Good. Excellent. Uh, so, uh, for folks who are new to the podcast, this is a Dark Discussions podcast, which does, uh, various genre films. So horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art house, midnight movies, cult films, drive-in theaters, art house, foreign films, and whatnot, and, and Goodfellas. And, nope. oh, I had to throw that in. No gangster movies. And, uh, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, so, um... What else? Uh, today is, we are recording September 8th, 2022, which is the date, uh, regular, well, it's the regular Thursdays that we record, and it is uh, specifically given this date for Pam, one of our listeners who is always curious when we record these episodes, because sometimes they are not released right away. Um, so that's pretty much that. Uh, we do have an email, darkdiscussions.aol.com. And you can just go to www.darkdiscussions.com and you can uh, press contact us on any menu at the top of any page, which will open up a email box and you can fill in an email that way too. Uh, just make sure to put in the subject something like Dark Discussions uh, podcast or, or something and then we'll know it's specifically. Or hey, you stupid MFers, stop being wrong. Podcast, yes. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Speaking of 
Eric, uh, Eric, what else can, can they find on www.darkdiscussions.com? They can find the link to our Patreon page. Patreon allows you to financially contribute to your online artists like podcasters. Producing the show is not free. Uh, we, and by we, I mean Phil, have to pay for things like uh, web servers and uh, website hosting and so on and so forth. Movie rentals, computer equipment, all that stuff. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. You can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon page on any page of darkdiscussions.com. Uh, any and all contributions are greatly appreciated. Indeed, indeed. So uh, thank you for any contributions and for the handful of people that do contribute, which is not too many, but uh, anything uh, is most certainly helpful. What Uh, you're saying is if you want to be part of an exclusive club, you could donate to the Dark Discussions Patreon page. Here, here. There you go. Very, very exclusive. Those got two kids to send to college, folks. Help them out. (laughs) Well, it's it's really really to to pay for this website and all that, so we're not in the red. Uh, but either way, uh, thank you f- for any participation. Um, Every dollar you don't donate is a dollar you're stealing from Philip's children. Uh, I don't know about that, but either way, um, <laughs> what, what, what do we got? Um, oh, uh, a couple of things that at the end. We'll maybe talk about what we've been watching uh, and and maybe a little recap of Mystic uh, Meetup, the Dark Discussions Mystic Meetup. We didn't really uh, talk about that in any prior episode in the recap. Uh, so. What's uh, get? Oh, and speaking speaking of uh, old podcasts that Pam is always curious when they are recorded uh, tomorrow morning, which will be nine nine two thousand and twenty two. The call, the Korean film episode, will be released, which is two years, a year oh, and a half. I was going to say, wasn't that last the beginning of last year? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Abe's on it. Abe's talking oh, with us. Shit. Uh, yeah, I don't so think I did that one. An appearance. Yeah, uh, I don't think he did. Yeah, may, may, but, may he rest in peace. Yeah, no, I was talking to him the other day. He's uh, yeah, he still gets the crappy hours, the night hours through, so. through a medium. Rest yes. in peace. Yes. So um, we'll talk about any of that at the end. Uh, but I guess we can get into our topic tonight. And uh, Erica, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight we're going to be talking about a sequel currently in theaters as well as on Paramount Plus. Uh, and VOD rental. Orphan, first kill. What is he doing here? We found your daughter. She's alive. Be prepared for changes. We have a child therapist that she'll be working with. Four years is a long time. What she needs right now is our family. Mister? Sweetheart, it's mommy. Welcome home, Esther. We left it just as it was. It's lovely to be back. I miss my family very much. Our goal here is helping Esther acclimate back into life within the family unit. Sorry. I think something's going on with Esther. Is there anything you want to tell me about your time away? How is that possible? Four years ago, she was still drawing stick figures. Esther's behavior has been so erratic. Hello, Mommy. Thank you, Mommy. I know, Mommy. I 
did notice some inconsistencies. <coughs> what are you getting at? To me, it felt like a performance. If you're not Esther, who are you? right often first kill uh was a suggestion by barrett uh it's a film that is directed by william brent bell and a screenplay by david cogashaw uh based off a story uh by david leslie johnson mcgoldrick and alex mace uh characters by alex mace uh this is a prequel to the original orphan from i think 2009 is it uh stars Isabel Furman, Julia Stiles, uh, Hiro Kanagawa, Ross Sutherland, and Matthew Finland. Uh, the film is getting uh, excellent reviews for a horror film and for a prequel and for a franchise that isn't well known except for uh, horror fans. And uh, it's at 74% good reviews out of 118 reviews. Uh, critical consensus leaning into its ludicrous premise often first kill is a sequel that holds its own and for fans of campy horror may even represent an improvement on the original uh, so Phil, before we get yes. any further I just want to state this right now uh, which is that uh, in order to talk about this movie of course like we always do we'll have a spoiler section but it is also impossible to talk about this movie without spoiling the original 2009 orphan um which you kind of have to see to have any interest in this um which also has kind of a twist of its own going on so i would recommend before listening to the entirety of this episode that people watch the original 2009 orphan uh as well as orphan first kill because we will be spoiling both of them indeed well well, that's just the kind of assholes we are well said said. double duty but, but uh, we just don't review films on this podcast. We also critique and dissect uh, to understand uh, symbolisms and what the writer, director are trying to say, things of that nature. So we go in depth. Uh, we're not here just to give you a review. You can just go to Rotten Tomatoes and press. Well, warning, I don't know that the director was trying to say a lot in this film. <laughs> well, we're going to get into that you in a moment. the symbolism, man. Well, we're going to get into it. Well, we're going to get into that in a moment, but uh, I guess we can go around and discuss uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. And uh, let's start with you, uh, Barrett, since uh, you would want to suggest it. Um, I had never seen Orphan, so I took this opportunity to watch it, and I'm glad I did. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I liked the twist. Uh, and like Eric said, you really can't. I mean, you could watch this prequel without it. 
Um, you could actually watch them prequel and then the older one second. Um, but it, it helps to watch the original one before you watch the prequel that just came out. I really liked the prequel. Um, there are some things that weren't perfect about it, but it was an enjoyable movie. It had its own twist that I thought was really good. And it did a good job of connecting the storylines between the two. A lot of prequels just kind of half-heartedly do it. And this one did a really good job of connecting up some of the storyline from the original and added it into this. So thought the acting was good. Um, and I enjoyed it. All right. Sounds good. And, uh, Barrett, uh, when you, uh, heard about this film, do you know much about the franchise or, or what now is, I knew nothing about them. Yeah. I knew nothing about them. I went in blind completely. So I had, so it's one little minor note here. I'm not real big on evil children in the family stories. Um, it goes back to the the Macaulay Culkin movie. I just, you know, <laughs> didn't like those. I guess a lot of those came out in the 90s. So I'm not really partial to them. But the twist in this movie makes it much different. So it was it was really, really good. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Eric. Um, I forget how I first heard about the movie. Um, but I, I heard about it when it would not been released yet. Uh, and found that they were using the the same actress um, from the original Orphan in 2009, uh, which now, um, 13 years later, intrigued me. So <laughs> I, was, I was curious to see how that was going to work. So I was gonna, I was going to watch it no matter what. Um, I went in with with pretty much no expectations and was really pleasantly surprised. Um, I had a blast. <laughs> I had a real blast with this movie. Um, uh, it's a good time. Um, as Barrett says, it's not a perfect movie. Uh, there's some stuff that could be better. However, um, I think it doesn't take itself too seriously, Would have been, which would have been a huge mistake. Um, it, it realizes the, the, the ridiculousness of what is trying to pull off, um, and leans into it. And I think it really works in that manner. Um, plus this movie just made me appreciate Julia Stiles. Um, yeah. uh, she was great in this movie. Uh, I think she, wasn't she the one who played the mom in the, in the Omen remake? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah at, and at that time I didn't think she really was old enough to be playing a mom. um, and it didn't really work for me works in this movie. Um, I thought she was fantastic and now I want to see her in more things. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, orphan first kill. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I actually heard about it from Mike, uh, when Mike was listing off films that were coming out, uh, around this time frame for our mystic meetup. Uh, this is one of the ones that he, uh, mentioned and uh i didn't even know it existed until then uh i also didn't watch the trailer or anything i didn't even know julia styles was in it until she suddenly appeared in the film i was like kind of surprised actually um and it does mean that we're very old because now she's playing a mom of teenagers when i remember her as like a 20 you know four-year-old girl or or even played 18 and 17 year old girl in, in some films um and you know all the 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 boys back when we were kids used to think she was, you know, 
the, 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 I guess the hot ticket, you know, and, and now, uh, and then her career kind of faded out a little bit and now she's back and doing some roles and, and, uh, it's amazing how, uh, old we all are because she's now playing a middle-aged mom. Um, so, uh, more than others, I'm the youngest one on the show. That is true, Eric. You are the youngest. Um, so, um, speaking of, um, the film itself, um, as I was telling Eric offline and Barrett offline, um, yeah, I absolutely love this film. Uh, I'm beginning to think the films I'm liking most this year are, are, I guess, um, the, the junk filled. Yeah. The fun ones. That's actually what I said to, to Barrett this afternoon. Um, the fun films more than the serious films. Uh, I, I don't know if it can beat the cursed, uh, as the best film of the year, or, uh, but it's as good as, uh, pretty close. Um, and I, I love bodies, 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 but, but this film here, this film is really good. This could be my, t- in a top five easily. Uh, I, I had an absolute blast, uh, as Eric, basically what everything Eric said is, is exactly how I felt about the film. So I, I don't have to repeat any of it. So, uh, I defer back to Eric, what Eric said, what Eric said, uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I'm not sure when I first heard about this film. Because when you start talking about sequels to films that came out forever ago that were popular, but nobody's really talking about it anymore, uh, there's always the, oh, they're trying to make a sequel, and it'll be some direct-to-video crap. Uh, I remember when we first started the Dark Discussions podcast, the sequel to Halloween was coming out next year. Next year. Next year. Next year. And eventually it did, like nine years later. We got the, the next entry in the Halloween films. And so I just, this probably is a thing that's been kicking around forever. So I was kind of surprised when I saw, no, it's actually coming to Paramount or Peacock or whatever it was uh, as a streaming service and was going to be in theaters. Eh, I didn't think much of it because of that. You know, once it's like, okay, so it's streaming and the same day as theatrical release. Um, probably didn't have a lot of confidence in it. It's a sequel to a movie that's really old. Uh, I, I, I would say I then started hearing good buzz about it. I didn't find it as campy as I think people, other people have. I may just have a different understanding of camp than some people do. It's a, it's a fine film. It's a fun film. Uh, if I was going to nitpick it, I think maybe the actress is getting a little old to play the same character she was in the same way. But I think you go into this kind of throwing that out the window, right? I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, I, it's who cares? You know, it's um, you there that that's that willing suspension of disbelief. Um, this does have a twist uh, that I didn't see coming. I don't know about the rest of you. It, it is not uh, the same twist. Was, um, uh, and, and I do have to disagree a little bit with Barrett. Um, so, Barrett, you know what you call um, uh, evil children movies? I just call movies with children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's, that's about it. but yeah no I think it's a, I think it's a decent film it's a decent entry um, I, there's a lot of other films I liked a lot more this year uh, but I, I I think if somebody's looking for a, kind of a good old fashioned uh, slasher-ish film something that's a throwback film this kind of works for that too um, yeah I think you can have fun with it all right, sounds good. Uh, so the film, uh, as mentioned, is at theaters right now, uh, but it's also on Paramount Plus. 
um, and it is will, or will be uh, available on VOD. Uh, so whenever people listen to this, even if it's a year later, it'll be somewhere. Um, so uh, you can go check it out. Um, all right. So Plus, of course, Peacock dies in the streaming wars. You mean Paramount Plus? Hey, Paramount Plus dies in the streaming wars. <laughs> One of the ones. They're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all sweets. <laughs> they're all sweets. Uh, so, uh, Eric, do we have a wiki IMDb going on here? Wiki, wiki. After orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility, Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. All right. So there you go. There you go. Um, so it's uh, the fall of the Soviet Union was in 1989. So Estonia was already independent when this takes place, so, which was surprising because I swore. It, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, they start in Estonia, and then she supposedly lands up in Moscow or something. I, I don't know. It. Yeah. Okay. So it makes sense. Uh, so uh, what we'll do is, uh, for folks who are new to the podcast or those who are one of our regulars, uh, what we do here is we not only review, but we critique and dissect. Uh, so we talk about everything and anything related to this film. Uh, and as Eric uh, noted before, uh, since this one is very much um, linked to the original 19, I mean, 2009 film Orphan. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously be spoiling that one as well, uh, just because it's, it's like Eric said, it's impossible not to talk about some of the backstory in this one without talking about the original. Um, Orphan is people. She's people. <laughs> indeed. Uh, all right. So, um, so what we do at first is we talk about general things and then we get into uh, a spoiler section where we will throw out the spoiler alert and warn you. Uh, so uh, I guess I'll start. Um, I think um, I may have found my villain of the year. <laughs> That's the, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Esther is a pretty, pretty awesome villain. Uh, yes. even maybe even better villain than this one than the prior. Um, it's interesting too, is because she's was twelve years old when she did the orphan, and now she's twenty five. The actress. Well, and, uh, I was just reading about this. Actually, she was twelve when the movie was released. She was ten when they were filming it. Oh so wow! Okay, but but <laughs> it, but I think they used a lot of doubles uh, because she's actually five three, which is one or two inches shorter than the average. Um, American female, uh, which is th- what she is in real life, an American female. Um, so when they do some sh- shots where she's really short um, to make her have. Oh, no, there was. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. There was absolutely visual trickery going on. Phil, you're right. Um, and I thought it was really that was actually one of the most intriguing parts of this movie to me. I really hope there's some behind the scenes on uh, a disc if there's a disc release. Um I would love to see some more about how they pulled it off, but apparently they had a lot of the other egg. Like there's a few uh, scenes where she's like hugging adults uh, and they had the adults wearing huge platform shoes to make her look shorter. <laughs> and I think they <laughs> de-aging on the actress as well. Uh, Cause like she was 10 when they were filming the first one. Uh, yeah. And now it's, it's just, so she probably was under five feet back in the, when she was well, only 10. Right. Yeah. And uh, now she's 
in her early yeah, five 20s. three, which which is a, a normal sized adult female. <laughs> and honestly, honestly, it was only minor, noticeably in the movie. You know, they did a fairly good job. You know, you could notice it. More probably if you've seen the first one. Well, and if you watch them back to back, the visual difference in her face is yes. clearly noticeable. Yeah, uh, that's but what I, I watched, noticed. I watched the the prequel before I went back and rewatched Orphan, and really didn't. I wasn't like, oh my god, they're trying to pass her off as being a young. You know, it looked fine to me when I was watching it in the theater. Yeah, yeah. Also, also, like the, the body double stuff. If I, I mean, I wasn't really looking for it, but I. I've been trying to train myself enough to catch some of these things that, oh, look, every time there's a uh, a long distance shot of her standing next to somebody, I can't see her face. You know, it's right. like those things kind of said, but you really have to be paying attention for that. And most people are not going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, also, uh, the de-aging, um, if they claim that there was no CGI. Uh, they just made really? her look young. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I read, believe it or not. Um, the movie did have a uh, it doesn't say the budget uh, that it had, so we we can't we can't see how much it, it cost. Yeah, IMDb stop putting it on those they're, those bastards. Yeah. They want you to pay for the pro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even Wiki doesn't list it. Um, really, but, I'm used to them list, list, listing those things. Yeah, they usually do. But but again, maybe I don't know because it was it it went VOD at the same time at theaters. Even though it did play at a lot of theaters, uh, it was one of those films like HBO Max where you. They release it at both spots, and so they could hide it or something, or they decide not to release it. I don't know. I um, mean, my guess is it's probably under fifty million, probably like in the twenty to thirty million range. Yeah, that would that's, be my that's guess. What guess. That's what I would guess too. But yeah, well, especially if those long distance shots, they didn't, you know, use that the facial thing where they they mass put, you know, like they did for Cersei's or um, the Black Swan films where, where they just put Natalie Portman's and you know Hades face on a uh, body doubles. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so it worked out pretty well. Um, and honestly, I didn't see the difference, um, because I, I didn't rewatch the original often. Um, so it kind of, she kind of still looked like, the orphan that I, I remember from, but uh, like you said, Barrett and Eric, if you watch them back to back, maybe you, you can see the difference. Most yeah. Yeah. In the original, she looks like a girl. And in, in this one, she looks like someone yeah. trying to look like a girl, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it works. Yep. Sure. Sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's pretty cool that they used the same actress because they could have went elsewhere. Um, and, and and also, just let's say for the record that I'm pretty sure that Isabella Thurman is a much better actress now than she was at 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, she actually was in the Hunger Games, the second Hunger Games, and she was really good in that. So, oh, and then she was in that Cell, the Stephen King film Cell that didn't get good reviews, but uh, her acting was was really good. Um, so yeah, I've seen her in, in Think since. Um, and she was pretty damn good as a 10 year old too. I'll tell you that. Yes. Um, all right. So, uh, what else do people want to bring up about, um, the film that's in general, that's not spoilery. Anyone? I want to agree with Julia Stiles was awesome in this. I thought, I thought she did a fantastic job. And she Um, was the other, she was kind of the other as well. (laughs) Oh, that's a spoiler. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, you don't want to. Bill can cut it out. 
Yeah, I'll cut it out. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, she was really good. Uh, she had a, uh, a point in the film where she has to um, change perspectives, and, and she does really good doing that. Um, and uh, I would concur with Eric that uh, I, I did forget that she was a, a pretty good actress um, because, uh, again, uh, she was really big about 20, 30 years ago and then kind of disappeared and landed up in indie films and and supporting roles. And then uh, this one here shows that um, she's just still a really good actress, um, better than, than we all thought. Um, she hasn't been around, along, around as long as you think, Phil. Her first credit is in 2006. 2006? All right, yeah. so 20... Yeah, all right, so... She was born in 1981, so she's much younger than you. Yeah, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I, I just remember in... in yeah, all right, Isn't she in 10 Things I Hate About You? That uh, came out in 99. No. Yeah, Julia Stiles? Yeah, she's... Uh, yeah, yeah, she's, she's in 40. 10 Things I Hate About You. Well, how about that? I always thought she was the same age as Oh, as yeah. Me. Hey, fuck me. Yeah, I'm looking at the wrong yeah, page. Sorry. Yeah, she started in 1996. Yeah, yeah. See, I knew Sorry. Her. I was looking at Isabella Furman's page. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was in... Uh, her career started in 1996. Yeah, all right. So that makes more sense. For, for Sorry about years. that. Yeah, that's all right. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, yeah. She was in a bunch of big films back there. Save but she the was born in 1981. Yes, she was yes. born in 81. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I remember Save the Last Dance was her big film back back in the day. She was really yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You was the first thing I ever saw her in. Gotcha, gotcha. Or remember seeing her in? How's that? Sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, because two thousand six was when the Omen remake was, and she was in that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So anything else anybody want to bring up? That's non spoilery. Well, I guess not. All right, so. I guess, well, that'll be that was a quick, about the spoiler. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a quick non-spoilery. So uh, we're going to throw up the the spoiler now, and at this point, we're going to talk about everything and anything related to this film here, as well as uh, the original 2009 film. We'll we'll, we'll pull in some s- stuff about that, at least the backstory uh, when we talk about this film. So uh, the spoiler alert is up. Uh, and you've been warned, and so now I guess we can talk about everything and anything. Uh, what do we want to talk about? Uh, I think the IMDb summed it up pretty well. Uh, that was a good. Yeah, that uh, was a that was a good non-spoilery uh, IMDb thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't know if this is this this, this this I don't think this is spoilery, but I just did one. I think this this might be one of the more misleading titles since uh, Wreck Apocalypse, right? Which was really Wreck on a Boat. Um, because if, <laughs> am I yeah. correct in that? This was not, in fact, Orphan's first kill? Right. I don't think so. I think that's the reason she was yeah, yeah. right. in was because she was a, <laughs> a murderer. Yeah. You know. He even talks about it, the the doctor. Well, yeah. he kind of implies that they're dead, but he doesn't actually say they died, so maybe they just were in a shitload <laughs> of pain. Maybe, no, they're all, maybe the whole former well, family is well, in a coma well, somewhere. Well, well that, the, that wasn't the original name of the film. Uh, that was a the, the the original name I think was just Esther or something like that mm-hmm. based off the character's name and then when they brought it closer to release date that's when they changed the name to Orphan First Kill because they wanted obviously to to link it with the original film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm oh, thinking of the se- the second Doctor Mike because he talks about the guy being killed, the one that does, calls okay. her on the phone. <laughs> that's the one I was thinking of. 
Oh, all right. Uh, He's pretty I, explicit I, about the the father was killed by her. I mean, it might be that they real with the title, they might have realized that. Hey, remember when they changed Nightmare on Elm Street to Freddy's Dead, and that sucked. And remember when they changed Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> to Jason Goes to Hell, and that sucks. Maybe we shouldn't just name the franchise after the title character because that doesn't seem to. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair point. Well, they did. They changed it, so they they got rid of the title character. So, and and this film didn't suck. Um, so, yeah, yeah. The 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 beginning sequence uh, was pretty awesome. Uh, I was not expecting. Um, they, they do some red herrings in the sense that you, you have characters mm-hmm. that appear that seem like they're going to be big characters in the story, like uh, the the woman doctor or, or or psychologist or whatever she is that came to the Estonian Insti- mental institute. Um, <laughs> and two hours is like, nope. <laughs> yeah. This and then, is not going to work for me. <laughs> and then they, they had the, uh, the psychiatrist back in, in um, the United States that thought I thought was going to be a big character and, and they kind of mm-hmm. just chatter for just a second or, or a couple of scenes and that's it so th- there's a couple like that that are interesting but yeah this one here let's, let's talk about this this mental institute uh scene um what do, what do you want to talk it about? was a lot of fun how she actually didn't do most of the work herself she just <laughs> manipulated that other girl into doing all her dirty work yeah yeah well i i loved how she escaped out of her room at the very beginning when our new doctor or, or whatever she is shows up mm-hmm. and they say, all right, you have to stay in this room here until we find her because she's really dangerous. And they lock her, the, this woman into this room to protect her. And mm-hmm. this is exactly where our villain is actually in. She's in the same room. And, they didn't well, and, and what I like about that scene is she doesn't get killed there. You would expect in a normal slasher film that's where the that character dies, you know, but she doesn't. Yeah, well, well, they, and they keep it, they keep the suspense right because of the yeah the pencil. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lena, who's her name? That's her real name, not Esther. Uh, yeah, she has a pencil, um, and you think she's gonna yeah use that as a nice weapon? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Eric. I like how she. No, because she's obviously insane, like a sociopath, and and has a, a anger. Drink everybody. Yeah, yeah, right. And an anger man, but I think I'm, I, it's appropriate to say it in this movie. Um, <laughs> and an anger management problem. Um, but that doesn't mean that she's the type of individual in a mental institution that are stereotypical for um, mental institutions, at least by movies. Oh, she's and, an evil mastermind. Yeah, that's exactly right. So she's she's smart. So she knows She's a con artist, I think she gets called. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. The doctor that's the Estonian doctor, yeah. Um so she can yeah, yeah, and I think that's another reason why she's more dangerous than anyone uh other patient there is because she can manipulate all the other patients and then she uses her sexuality to trick people as we see and that's how she originally escapes and and stuff so so yeah she's a, a big manipulator very intelligent and most certainly very dangerous um so where do we want to go what do we want to talk about 
Well, I mean, she kind of like tricks the doctor into giving her a ride to her place, right? <laughs> kind of stows away and then uh, takes care of her there. And that well, you know what? It becomes you know what? her temporary I, I, launching pad. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I I don't. That's the thing. She shows up and then she disappears into the the snow, and then she somehow sneaks back into the car, right? Mm-hmm. And and then she gets out of the car, and um, I was expecting this doctor to get off, maybe, but I wasn't expecting it to happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brutally. Oh, the best was was she didn't kill her all the way, and then she sees her killed. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I like I like how usually she it works in one shot. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 she's not um, a James Bond villain. She just wants to kill you, you know. So that, I thought that was really good too. Um, well, so, I mean, uh, I think with the doctor, I figured. So the doctor, you know, learns really quickly who she is right so yeah because she's learned who she can't survive long or she's going to turn into loomis right and right 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 and talk about how she's just pure evil shot her six times well yeah but since she doesn't make it yeah but since she doesn't actually make it reminds me of this doctor reminds me of the podcasters from the the halloween remake yeah because you know they see important character but gets killed off pretty quick but continue Mike. Yeah, but it's, and the fact that she didn't make it to the, the next movie uh i kind of figured she she wasn't long for this world that she was going to be the the oh, the yeah. jailkeeper that has to be murdered in order for orphan to escape yeah right right yeah that's true and uh eric this is where where uh this woman's apartment this doctor's apartment is where the orphan gets her backstory that we learn in the first film right Right. She basically goes on the internet looking for a missing child that looks like her, that she can impersonate, um, and and finds one. And oh the, god, there's so many missing children. <laughs> yeah, she had a long list to choose from. Yep, yep. Well, they don't do milk cartons anymore, do they? So it's all on. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that recently, to be honest, which is probably a good thing. It's, it was kind of sad. Um, Whereas so, now, missing children are funny. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> I was just poking well, well, they don't, don't need the cartons because they now have the Amber Alerts that we all turned off. Well, is that Eric? Uh, because of... Uh, I only heard Mike. Wait, no, I was just, I was just poking the foot of the fact he used the past tense. That's all. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And, and Mike, what, were you, what did you say? The, the they, said they, they don't need the Amber Alerts now. Oh, they have the Amber Alerts now, so they don't need the milk cartons because we get those annoying messages on our phone that we ignore. Mm. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Didn't I tell you I don't like kids? <laughs> <laughs> Can I opt out? Um, so, so, uh, how do we want to talk about this film? Uh, what do we want to discuss? Um, keep on asking that. Yeah, I, I'm trying to move, move it along because we're getting dry spells here for some reason. And I didn't think we would because this is a kind of interesting and also fun film. Uh, and I thought there would be a lot to talk about, actually. Um, well, we're only in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
So basically, she impersonates a missing child, and through a series of weird events that go through Russia for some reason, um, she ends up being reunited with this family in the U.S. Um, who had had their had their daughter go missing. Can I break um, in for a second here, Eric? Sure. Anybody is, else can talk at any time. This I don't is want probably to do this by my, myself, but Philip was forcing me to. This is probably my biggest quibble with the movie. I would think that they would do like a physical, like an actual physical. And that's where I think her story would break down. So that, that kind of, mm. I just had to kind of ignore that because I didn't see that that was realistic, that they didn't do some sort well, of not only know, psychological, but physical. things in this movie that aren't realistic. I can say I had that same quibble with the, the first film, right? Is that they, yeah. the first film, she, she breaks her arm, she gets an x-rayed, and she's supposed to be a 35-year-old adult, and the doctor doesn't notice, like, that, oh, look, the, the growth plates have fused. You know, that right, not the, right, exactly. <laughs> And, and any and uh, any anything like that would have been uh, would have been done. And they, there would have been a medical exam. There probably would have been a dental exam. So her false teeth would have been. So all that stuff would have happened if this was quote unquote in real life, right? If your daughter suddenly turned up after four years in you in uh, in in, uh, in Moscow, Russia. Russia. right? When well, she I gets would... brought back over, there would have been a, a complete once over. You know, but uh, no, that's okay. We'll we'll just I, nope. I think leave they, it. They would do a, I think they would do a, probably do a D, DNA test nowadays. I don't know about in t- two thousand and eight when this film took place. Oh uh, yeah, uh, there's a there's there's probably a good chance they would do that too. I mean, uh, that, not that's in the normal course, course of things, but once they got their daughter back with an accent and piano playing skills, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> now in the yeah. and this one, it actually makes sense because, or a little more sense because the mother has a reason to not want to have that stuff done. Whereas in the original movie, that wasn't necessarily a thing for them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, they just yeah. met her and had this incredible bonding experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, that that was a couple of things that was interesting. Um, the... the the woman, Lena Esther, Esther screws up a couple of times about um, the grandmother. She's shown a picture of the family's grandmother and says she wants to see her again. And she says, yeah, but don't you remember she died? Um, and so that was a screw up. And she has a, a massive um, meltdown in the airplane bath room because of her screw up. Um, and then she screws up about the, the parrot at the doctor's office. Uh, how old is she supposed to be in this? So that I mean, the, the girl that she's playing, she's pretending to be. Yeah. How old is she? Twelve-ish. Yeah. Okay, so uh, she disappears eight, when yeah. she's eight, and she's supposed to remember the parrot that. I, yeah. I don't <laughs> even know why she, she saw was when she was eight. It, that was weird too, because it's like, what, if, why would she know about the parrot in the first place? Because well, her trauma her might cause her to forget all that stuff. So. I, that didn't seem weird to me that she would forget some of those things. They were putting too much emphasis on that, I think, to support the the rest of the story. Yeah, well, yeah I, I that, that, that brings us to the delicious reveal. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, they're trying to, to, to 
throw suspense that she's going to get caught for us, the audience, to think she's may get caught. I think. Right. So there's some looks from Julia Stiles every now and then, uh, and then the therapist has a conversation with with her going. She totally called this other bird this other bird's name, and it's not the same bird. Um, and like. It gets to the point where Julia Stiles pulls her aside and goes, look, I know you're a fake because my son killed my real daughter and I covered it up. So you need to get your shit together and start getting your facts straight. So I'm going to help you out so we can continue this ruse so nobody finds out that I helped to cover up the murder of my daughter. (laughs) Now that's after she kills the guy, right? She kills the cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're both sitting down having a conversation with Julia Stiles' character holding a gun to her. <laughs> right, right. Well, there was a couple of things that, that made me think something was off with with the family because here's this girl that had, if assuming they didn't know, here's this girl that had a trauma of being kidnapped mm-hmm. and who knows what for four years. And the, like, when the, the, brother's friends come over they say all these weird rude things that are like you know you don't want to say those type of things around someone that um may have trauma and, oh, and brother shit yeah well that I, that's true but the brother you would think would care because the brother's the one that killed her that that's what i'm saying at that time we didn't know so <laughs> when, when the brother was acting so nonchalant about it I was thinking this family's a little weird because most family would have said, "Hey, hey, hey, hey don't think that she was gone, kidnapped, and all that uh-huh, stuff." Uh-huh. You know. And so when Julia Stiles um, shoots the cop, which came out of nowhere, and I thought at first it was silly, but then it all makes sense. And then I was like, "Okay, I get it." And that's why they were acting weird earlier and nonchalant about. The trauma, and only the the father was acting like caring to um, Esther, you know. Because the dad was the only one out of the loop. <laughs> so right. I have another question. So she becomes an orphan at the end of this. Where'd all the money go? Because nobody considered her that's as not I, the daughter. That's what I said to sent Eric. I said the one problem with this film, in my opinion, was the end when she goes to the orphanage and being the only. Well, survivor of the family, you would think she would have inherited all the millions because, the, and they so should have was, instead had it. There were a, a bunch of problems family. at the end of this movie. They just, they just clearly decided to wrap it up. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if they wanted to rewrite the film so it fits better with the original, they would have made her middle class or lower middle class or working class or something. So when everybody dies at the end and she becomes an orphan, there isn't any inheritance, you know, because I was wondering, yeah, where, where did all that inheritance go? Because, mm-hmm. you know, because they, they've lived in uh, a town right next to Greenwich, which is, and I forget the name of the town, it begins with D. Marion. And Yeah, yeah, and that's a hugely wealthy town, and they obviously had money based off the house. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and they <laughs> assumed she was the, they believed she was the um, the child, well, and he was a painter, and she just went around getting money for charities, so they definitely yeah. had money. <laughs> yeah, 
big time. So, yeah, so where did that money go? Why didn't the orphan inherit well, the money? That wasn't even my trust? issue at the end of the movie. My issue with the end of the movie is that clearly there were two people that had, that had met their demise through a tragic fall rather than being in the fire. <laughs> Wait, yeah. no, no investigation? That wasn't weird to anybody? <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? I I can explain that. That they could have wrapped it up and made it better. But if you if you forgot, which you may have heard, but when the father comes home, he is dropped off and he says, "You folks wait in the car, and we don't see who they are." So I don't know if it was a business partner or or a Uber driver or something. It was someone an Uber was, or a taxi. Yeah, so someone saw what was going on and probably saw the two girl woman hanging from the roof and one falls to the death and and then the father quote unquote slips so she may have have in other words you see what i'm saying so so the, the investigation they have a, a witness oh. that saw two people fall from the roof i'd say it's a fire right so um yeah panic people jump and they don't want to burn yeah people yeah they they may have Thought they, that they were, they were trying to get away from the fire when trapped on the but second she floor. Back through the fire and comes walking out the front door. Well, that's because she's orphan and she's magic. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, they might not have seen her on the roof because she was back a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah and, no, and, and it was a fair, fair uh, point, Eric. Uh, it's just that um, they did have that Uber guy or whoever watching what was going on. So. Mm-hmm. There is some someone. Oh, he, if he saw that, he probably also saw people struggling on the roof. So what the fuck was that about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch the scene, but yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, so uh, yeah, I was I was uh, shocked. That, so this this guy, this this painter artist that makes good money, um, he has two scumbags. That he lives with his wife and his son, who are scumbags. <laughs> it was kind of cool that they turned villainous. I thought. Oh, I mean, I how. Go ahead. Go ahead I, could, I could kind of understand how a mom who just lost her daughter might not be wanting to lose her son as well. So I could kind of sort of understand that uh, and protecting him. I'm not excusing it. I can at least understand it. And then who is she dealing with? She's dealing with a murderous psychopath. So I can understand her also not being maybe the nicest person in the world to uh, to Esther because she's kind of stuck in a rock in a hard place, right? She can't exactly say, "I know she's not my real daughter." How do you know that? Because that she didn't know the right parent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you know, though, it, it shows you where her state of mind is, though, because she, rather than give a a, a Christian burial or, or whatever burial for her daughter she throws the body down the well you know i I mean i i can't believe any parent would do that if they weren't evil and well where do you think the son got it from well right and 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 then she she kills the policeman you know in cold blood even though it was to cover up the secret but you know it's i don't know it's just one of those things where she may have not been evil, but she becomes evil, and then tragedy leads to more cover-ups and more cover-ups and more murders and more murder, and and so she becomes basically what 
you know, I, I mean, I you think, talk about, I mean, she may not have been the whole Christian burial thing. I don't think she struck me as being a thoroughly deeply religious person. Um, so, uh, she was worried yeah. about status and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Her charity work was for status. It wasn't because she really cared about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, well, and that's what we find out. I mean, prior to that, I, I wasn't sure. You know, I mean, it could have been legit. But then when you find out she's covering up for her son, who's a, basically a cold-blooded murderer, and even if it was unintentional, and again, we don't know if it was unintentional. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, who knows? And then the she just tosses her daughter's body down a well. And I mean, that's just gross. Maybe um, your daughter was a bitch. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you guys are being funny. So I, I no, I mean, we, we, we don't, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, you're, you're seeing it from your perspective. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, there are people that are like, you know, the dead body is a dead body, right? They don't see the point of, uh, but that's not necessarily going to change philosophically. Their child's dead and they're trying to protect their other. And if that means that's how you protect them, that's how you protect them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where they're going to have a Christian burial, by themselves. Yeah, what would you do, Phil, if one of your daughters killed the other daughter? And be specific. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't have two daughters, but yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Uh, I, I would, I would, I would, I would not try to cover it up because first, because that's just, and I wouldn't be tossing my my daughter's body down the well. Well, kind of my point is, you don't know what you would do in that situation until you're in it, and you don't ever want to uh, be in that I do, situation. I do, I do, I, I don't, I, I'm not the type of person that would would cover up something like that. I just wouldn't do it. I, I mean, if, if my son, put it this way, if I had a son, which I don't, but if I had a son that was like eight, yeah, let me give him a different age, uh, 15, and they run over somebody, hit and run, and that person dies, and they come back to the house, I, I would I would have to, I would bring my son down to the police department and turn himself in. I wouldn't cover it up and say, I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't my son. What do you mean? I just wouldn't do it. It's you, I, You're I, telling I, me you, so basically you, you don't I, love your kids. I mean, no. I, 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 that you think that I just still think that no one knows what they would do in that situation until it happens to them, because it's so far out there that you, you just can't know your reaction. Uh, it's like how you'll react in war. Oh, yeah, I'm going to stand and fight. There are a lot of people that think that and then they run. So it's just uh, one of those situations you don't know. You can say you can say till the ends of the earth that you know what you would do. I I'm just telling you, I don't think you do. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't, I mean, I see your analogy, but I, I don't think it, it works with this. It, this is just, I, I, I'm the type of person that thinks I'll burn in hell if, if I, I pulled that stuff up. I'm I, the type so of person I, I don't talk about my religion I would never much. do anything bad. <laughs> I, I don't talk about my religion much, but uh, I'm a, a, a Roman Catholic and, and I, I honestly worry about things like that, that, you know, your, your soul is important. So I, I, I would not, I would not do that. And again, no, this is, this is not, this is a crime. This isn't chicken out. It, I know what it is. No, that's no, considered a crime. That's, that's considered a crime running away in a war. I, I, I know, but it's just not the same analogy. Well, ladies and my, gentlemen, um, we've heard from the prosecution. We've heard from the defense. You can render your verdict uh, through uh, an email to dark discussions at AOL.com. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, Barrett's point is valid that you know no one knows, but uh, I'm I, I'm pretty sure 100 percent that I, I wouldn't 
I, I would I know what I would do. But you can't apply to your your own personal values to characters in movies. Right. That's right. Yeah. Because this woman here, Julia Stiles, this character we we found out find out is kind of a shallow character, and like you said, Barrett, uh, her charity work is really just for status. Has nothing to do with with really helping people. So she's not necessarily thinking the same way as say myself or anyone else on this podcast would do. Right. She's definitely got some issues. Um, she's definitely, <laughs> <You think>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I did like about this movie is that um, they totally explained something from the original orphan that didn't make a whole lot of sense until you get the connection with this movie. And that was her use of uh, yes. blacklight paint paint in, in her art. Yes. That, that was I was awesome. going to bring that up earlier. And then I, uh, thought, I thought that was done off. beautifully because in orphan, I mean, it's a, it's an awesome visual effect and it's certainly surprising when you see uh, what she's done in her room in that movie. Uh, but it's like, what, how, uh, <laughs> but in this movie, you figure out where she learned how to do that, and, and it all makes a whole lot more sense. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She learns from her uh, the father in the family who who paints uh, with with um, ultraviolet paint paint as well as regular paint. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, also, also the Julia Stiles character too. Her her ease of cold bloodedness to kill the police officer. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, hope. I mean, at that point, I was like, oh, my God, this movie is going off the rails big time. But oh, then, yeah, but then, then they, they literally like three minutes later when this, she sits her sits Esther down and has the gun on her. And and she explains that whole story that you mentioned, Barrett, about, um, you know, her son killed Esther and I was covering it up because I didn't want to lose it. It was like, okay, all right, now this is good. This, this is actually a good twist. Well, she yeah, says I, it so casually. It's like this casual conversation. They both two crazy people have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because there's, there's no remorse or anything. It's just like, no. yeah, they're just crazy people. Yeah. Just matter of fact. Yeah. He killed my daughter, but you know, I had to protect him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of enjoyed, I wish there had been a little more of the, uh, the team up. Between the two of them, yeah, uh, it didn't last very long. But I, but I enjoyed the team up between the two of them while I was going on. Like, there's a whole thing where since she is actually a grown woman, she has to wrap her boobs up, uh, and like Julia Stiles is helping her with that in the bedroom, <laughs> and making sure she dresses right and doing all this stuff. I thought that was I thought that was pretty uh, awesome. It yeah. was, yeah, yeah. Actually, in, in the first movie too, right? Doesn't, doesn't she? Uh, use the 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 tape to press oh, down yeah. her breasts as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that's why she doesn't want to be seen movie, she naked. She has somebody to help her. <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. and that's why she doesn't want to be naked in that in the original movie because and why she gets the the door locked in the bathroom and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because she doesn't want anybody to walk in and they find out that she's fully developed. Right. Well, and she even like covered her face in makeup so she looked younger too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, isn't this just a, a, a whole thing, just a remake of the Babyface Finster episode, a uh, short cartoon for Bugs Bunny? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you've never seen the Bugs Bunny cartoon where there's the, the criminal who dresses up like a baby? Oh, yeah. yeah. I do. I've seen that one. Yeah. And, and and then Bugs Bunny walks in on him in the, in the bathroom shaving. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and they do that in uh um that that uh that uh Pixar movie too, the one about the rabbit that goes to um that Jason Bateman plays the fox and and the rabbit goes to uh Utopia. Zootopia, yeah, 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 and and then there's that the baby fox that that pretend that's really an adult, yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. Anyway, <laughs> that was a good film. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, so so this this film when it when it hits that that point, yeah, because originally you're thinking Julia Stiles is watching uh, Firmer's character because she's trying to think is is this really my daughter but then we find out the whole thing is she's she already knows it's not her daughter and she's just figuring right. out what yeah what 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 this woman's or girl's is trying to do yeah because when they like when she brings her home and the son just gives her this stink eye <laughs> and i'm like right. what the fuck is wrong with this kid Right. Exactly, like, exactly. Is this kid just that much of an massive asshole? And you're like, oh, okay, he's just an asshole of a different stripe than I thought he was. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, that that was my point earlier, yeah. There were two points in the movie where I actually laughed out loud while I was in the theater. Uh, and one of them was when the when the teens are over partying and uh, the brother says something to her and she just says with her accent, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was that's right. That now, was at the party. I think she does it a couple times too. That and then was she, awesome. In her own language, then, she says to the one guy about how she's going to cut his dick off. Right. <laughs> and then the other moment where I laughed out loud was when she uh, steals the car and turns out turns on a radio and is playing Maniac. Yes. Uh, that was a fucking great needle drop. <laughs> Oh, that is a that's a that's a oh I didn't even catch that. Yeah, you're right. It's a maniac. That's awesome. Too, too on point. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they, I thought they, they were just playing that song because it was um um you know from that period 2008 or whatever. whatever. <laughs> but you're right. It, it actually had a second meaning. That's awesome. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that song's back from the 80s. It's from the 80s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Early 80s. Yeah. Yeah. But just her like smoking the cigarette with. The, with the shades on and the, the cops pulls her yeah. over. <laughs> I'm sorry, officer. Was I speeding? <laughs> right, and the cop immediately just says, "Are you Esther?" No, you must oh. be Esther. She doesn't even say, "Are you?" You must be Esther. Right, right. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. He doesn't bring 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 her home, and he doesn't bring her home and say, "Have you considered this might actually be a 30 year old woman?" <laughs> <laughs> and I also like how a couple of points in the movie, Julia Stiles just like dropped all facade of being civil. It's just like, listen here, you little mutant freak. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fuck my husband now. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, by the way, yeah. would want you. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's be honest. There are some men that definitely would be into that. Oh, yeah. Uh, sadly, you're right. I, I thought in the original that there was going to be someone into that for a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well, no, no, I, no. I, just, 
when I watched, I just watched the original with Dan and Susie a couple of weeks ago, and I, I Dan Dan thinks that he I'd seen it uh, I'd made I I can't talk uh, Dan thought that I showed it to him before because he was remembering like parts of it, but he didn't remember the twist, and so when she comes out all made up in her black dress with her lipstick on, he just he just covered his eyes and went oh. Fuck, they found a way to make it even more creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that that scene is really creepy too. It is. It really, really is. Well, and that's at least thank God in both films they made both dads decent people. And, yeah. and you know, because <laughs> they could have uh, you know, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that could have gone all sorts of wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah because, because, yeah, because they don't know that she's a 31-year-old woman or whatever. I think they did a pretty good job between the two movies of making her character very consistent. And it helped yeah. having the original yes. actress. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, the, this this actress that plays the orphan, I mean, especially in this film here, because because she just went, like, super villain, it, it's, it's just awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> It really is. I mean, it, this is. I, I can really think that. I can't believe that this is not going to be a, uh, the you know villain of the year when we do our list at the end of the year. That, because she was. Well, just and awesome. the thing is, it's a completely different tone from the first movie too. It is. The first yeah. one is actually like I'd forgotten what a good horror movie Orphan is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when I rewatched yeah. it with Dan, I was like, there's some brutal stuff going on in there. Um. And this one, there's also some brutal stuff, but there's a lot more humor in this movie than there was in the, in the original, if any. Yeah, it's more yeah, of it's, a thriller horror, psychological horror, psychological horror in the original, and this one's more of a thriller horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's like you said, Mike. I think you you were the one that said it during your thoughts uh, that this one was was. And you didn't say this specifically, but I think this is what you were implying that this is this is really true, you know, midnight movie, over the top craziness type of film, you know. And as you yeah, said, I mean, Eric, it's a fun film too. But go on, Mike. It's a fun film. I wouldn't say it's. Like I said to me, it's not campy. To me, like, you know, campy is a lot of like what you got in the in the sixties. You know, Batman is the example of of the TV yeah. series of camp, but a lot of John Waters, like. Um, Kathleen Turner and Serial Mom sing Pussy Willow. You know, that's just <laughs> really over-the-top, laugh-out-loud, campy. See, to, to, to me, nothing in here was laid for laughs except for, like, moments where she is talking about cutting the guy's balls off, stuff that's meant to be clearly humorous. But um, well, uh, I just want to point out, for the record, Mike, that you're the only one on this podcast that used the word camp. I've seen that. Not, I was not the first one to say it. I don't think so. Okay. But I know I've seen it. I saw that in a number of reviews, and a number of other people use that term to describe it. And I don't, no, I don't I said think that's silly and ridiculous. But I never use the word "camp." Okay, but I've, I have seen I have seen that anyway. Um, Flash Gordon definitely camp. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, did, I didn't see this movie as campy. So yeah, I, my expectation was a little weirdly. Oh yeah, it's, it's not camp. Yeah, it's but but it's definitely midnight movie. A midnight movie doesn't necessarily mean camp. I mean, it can be camp midnight movie, but this is this is like the first one was more of like a drama and psychological thriller, like you said, Barrett. Well, this one here is more of a um, 
just a, a B movie intentionally. You know, like like well, bodies, bodies, bodies was. Yeah, I love the you know. I love the cat and mouse that's played throughout here when they're trying to kill each other. <laughs> mouse meant intentionally <laughs> as it well, ramps up. <laughs> and I'm surprised that Phil hasn't mentioned something from this movie as a big problem for him. Oh, I mean, well, there's no dogs that died. Phil, how did she do that without ten years of training? Uh, crossbow. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, well, she was she was pretty close. It was only, that was, it was only like, literally. It was, that like was a, cross- a huge problem with Hush, right? Is it the bad movie because she used a crossbow? Oh, no, no. Well, this crossbow is pretty pretty well there. made, easy to use crossbow. <laughs> uh, first of all, it was asparagus, and in that movie, the crossbow she shot him. She shot him. Not shoot him with asparagus. She shot him from fifty yards away. This here, this was literally like across the room. You could you know you could throw a tomato and you would hit the guy. Crossbow <laughs> was an easy it. to operate crossbow. They even showed it. It was like Chekhov's crossbow. Yeah, <laughs> earlier yeah, on when he's showing the dad how easy it is to use. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And it's ironic that he dies by that crossbow. Well, he doesn't die by the crossbow. He definitely dies by his own sword. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually got, got killed. Well, that's another thing that makes you know that this family is really wealthy, right? Because the sport he plays is fencing, right? Fencing, yeah. right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I did like the fact that they gave the brother a chance to say, oh, shit, before he got shot with the crossbow. <laughs> he knows he's dead. He's screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. All, he, he, I, I don't know. What, what was it? They, they, they screw up because she – does something to Julia Stiles and then she punches him in the balls or something and she escapes because she was all but dead. You know, yeah, she and kicked then, him in the balls. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but Julia Stiles, she did something already too, where she, she got, she stumbled back or something, but yeah. And then he, uh, well, and but, she answers, they answer the phone. It's like, come on, <laughs> you're in the middle of murdering someone. You don't have time yeah. to answer in the phone. Well, yeah, wasn't yeah, dad, so she kind of had to. Yeah, yeah, but she could have just said, "Oh, uh, the phone was in another room or something." Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah, that that was the downfall of of the son. Um. But yeah, yeah well, he, she she can take a beating too because she fell down a flight of stairs and gets up. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you know, we've seen movies where they've people falling down the stairs and they break their neck or or something. Um, but here, yeah, she she's she's okay. Yeah. I I will say I was not expecting the head pop when Julia Stiles fell from the roof. Oh, that was unbelievable! Yeah, when she hits at like, the bottom, I actually made a yeah. noise when that happened because yeah. I was not yeah. expecting it. Yeah, she because she it's like one of those fancy like uh, cobblestone driveways. And yeah. at the edge of the cobblestone driveway are uh, like these curbs, and her mm-hmm. head smacks right on the curb, and then you see the blood splatter. It was like, oh, a, yeah, it was pretty death. gnarly. Yeah. Well, yeah, the was, best part awesome. is you, if, if you've seen the original, you know that this family has to die. So even right. though you know that, you you're still surprised how they die. Well, you know that the house <laughs> right, burns because, too. Yeah. When you hear the hear the story, you don't think for a moment that the family she murdered was trying to, you know, had figured her out and were, were milking her because she, you know, to, to keep the secret of the fact that the son had murdered their daughter, right. you know? So yeah, there's, so yeah, <laughs> there's all sorts of things that, 
that we would not have could not have yeah, predicted. Yeah, for a prequel, this, this had a bunch of surprises. Yeah, which is unusual, I think. It's probably one of the best prequels I've seen to anything. Usually, I, you know, when you get a prequel, everything's f- f- ordained, and so it's, <laughs> there's no surprises. But this one definitely had it. Yeah, well, and yeah, some I, critics say it's as good as the first, too, and, and it, it, it's pretty awesome. It's a different I film. Mean, I enjoy them both. Awesome. I think yeah. the tone of the two movies is completely different. Completely different, yeah. You yep. know what yeah. I'm saying, Mike? I still, I think, prefer the original, though I, I haven't seen it since I think we reviewed it. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, we're, 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 look, we're getting in the territory now where it's not unusual to see a halfway decent sequel. Um, and another one example was, uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, which was a really good sequel to a really shitty film. Yeah, I really agree with that too. Yeah. To a really shitty, shitty film. Uh, and that's another kind of go to. Um, but yeah, it's not unusual anymore, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I yeah, think yeah. a lot of it used to be that studios would just say, uh, because up to a point, it used to be whatever your movie made, your sequel would make like 60%. So they would just keep cutting the budget. You know, you look at yeah. the uh, Planet of the Apes series, for example, the, you can see the, the, the star apes always had good makeup, but the background apes started looking shittier and shittier and shittier as you went along. <laughs> fewer, fewer and fewer right. of them. And the budget, yeah. and the thing they realize, like, oh no, if we actually put money into, we can keep making these things for years and keep people coming back. Right. And, well, and, and I think that helps. Yeah. And this one here, this one most certainly, um, uh, even though, even though it did get the Paramount plus drop as well. Um, th- this is a real film. This, this isn't just a, a cash in, you know, sequel, uh, throw it out at, at the old blockbuster. So then, you know, the, the 18 year old kid with his girlfriend that comes in and says, Oh, another Hellraiser film. Let's check this one out. You know, and mm-hmm. everybody knows it's trash. Right, but or another Halloween or whatever, and everyone knows it's garbage. But it doesn't matter to the eighteen-year-old and his girlfriend because they just want to, you know, have a blast watching something stupid, and that may give them a jump. Mm-hmm. This this is a real film. This this and like you said, Mike, the, the these films now, some of these films that are prequels or sequels are real films. They're not just those, you know, what's snag an 18 year old and his girlfriend to watch, you know, for a couple of rent bucks, you know? Well, and unfortunately this is probably the end of the road for this series because you can't really, I mean, the first movie ended pretty definitively. <laughs> it did that broken neck. And, oh, yeah. you want to go like the, the Jason route, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, orphan coming back from the bottom of the lake <laughs> with a broken neck. <laughs> right. Well, I, I don't. I don't really think they could do any more sequels to this. Well, it, I, it says here on Wiki, um, believe it or not, possible sequel. Uh, in August 2022, when asked about his approach to making the sequel, Bell stated that there would need to be a third film in order for Orphan to be considered a franchise. Later, Furman expressed interest in continuing to portray the character in additional films. Bell later stated that should the sequel, I mean the prequel, prove to be successful, a third film could be developed. The filmmaker expressed interest in exploring a darker third installment that would complete a full story of Lena Clamor slash Esther while stating that there could be multiple sequels. Isabel Furman is so passionate about the character, she can play this character forever. There's a lot to that character, and I think in the future stories, she would probably become a bit more cold-hearted again. Furman confirmed that discussions for a third, third film among the creatives and studio are ongoing, stating that 
there would not be another 13 years this time around before a sequel is developed. No, that scares me. Cause yeah. that well, it could be, be a, it, it could be a prequel to the prequel because there's That's a lot of years yeah. before yeah. the prequel. Right. <laughs> and if she's, the teenage years. Old, if she's 31 years old in the prequel, they could, you know, make a, a film where she's 25, you know, I, I guess. <laughs> how just how far look, how, can how did she land up in the, How did she land up in the mental institution? If the actress is going to be like forty-five years old and playing Esther when she's five. That's, how this is <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying, Mike. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I think it's perfect where it is. I hope they don't do another one. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I think this ends kind of leading into the next one, so I don't think there's room between this and the first film to squeeze one yeah. in. So the only It'll other place to, squ- yeah. to squeeze one out, Martin, or it would, <laughs> is, is how, is how she, is she it, landed up in the mental institute. It is, is right. Is that, which I don't know what they call that, you know, or negative first kill. Um, and then <laughs> kill <negative> zero. <laughs> or, or, or they pull an Annie Wilkes. And they have a thing where she she didn't actually get her no, neck broken and jumped out of the cockadoody car at the last second. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. See, that's what I'm afraid of. That would make me mad. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it just depends. And yeah, you're right. But it would all. But I mean, you know how many times they definitively killed off like Freddie and Jason, and like, oh wait, never mind. That definitive thing that was going to kill him for sure. No, nope, we changed our mind. It's just that not doesn't work. mean it makes sense. Well, it doesn't right. have to make sense, but if you can get something that's fun that follows it, I would. Would I forgive it? Yeah, probably. No, uh, we'll see. I think they should walk away from this as success. I don't yep. think it would be the wrong thing. Right, right. But you know, they're, they're, it seems like they they want to make it another one. They, they're enjoying doing it. So money, 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 yeah, money. Exactly. Money. It's like anytime you see these actors, like, oh, I would keep doing this role forever. But have you had any other jobs since then? Not a lot. No. It's like, oh, no, I know. <laughs> right. Now we know. Well, why. yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is huge for Furman because you know she she's only been supporting roles pretty much her whole career, besides you know the the original Orphan, and this one she was the you know the center piece, and and so I could understand why she would you know because she you know she becomes a star or a mini star or a minor star. And then, you know, worst case is then she can start going to convention circuits, you know, but best case is it lets her jump to another role, a real, you know, a role that isn't related to the orphan. So I Just can see why she, clear, she hasn't had trouble getting work. She's got an extensive IMDb. Right, right. That's what I did. I didn't say that. I said, she's been a supporting actress in almost all those films. This film here, she's the lead and that's huge for any actress, you know? So, this is the type of role that could get her what, what I meant to say, Eric, this is the type of role that could get her leads in other films that are not the character of the orphan. True. You know, yeah. That's what I meant to say. So thank you for uh, clarifying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. Her, she's, she's had plenty of a, a good supporting roles everywhere. Um, so, yeah, because after the orphan, you know that that even though she was only ten, and when she filmed it, it seemed like a film that could have made her jump her career. 
uh, and, and be leading elsewhere. But again, I forgot that she was 10, you know, and now she's a 25 year old woman and, and she showed that she can really act. Because mm-hmm. uh, Ken could do you down like Kelly Joel Osment, who is next thing you know, is playing a, a podcaster in a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So far, well, I well, think Isabel's career has been much more successful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and yeah, this one here. Two credits in 2010. She had three credits in 2011. She had two more in 12. She had three more in 13. Two more in 14. Two in. Whoa. One, two, three, four, five, six credits in 2016. Uh, Three and four, five in 2018. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Out of curiosity, I've, I've, how many of them were Sharknado type films? Well, no, there were probably a lot <laughs> of them. Were, were, I could tell. A lot of them were probably indie films. There's no doubt. The uh, Red Thomas. television but series that she was she like nine episodes for. She has something different than, than that guy, though. That kid grew up to be a chunky uh, guy that's not a sex symbol. Well, she grew up to be fairly uh, normal looking. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, well, a lot of child stars, when they grow up, they lose the, the, the acuteness is the reason they're, they're, they're brought in. And then when they grow up, they're not cute anymore and they, their careers are over. Well, uh, okay. she grew up from a cute girl to, um, someone that, that's, you know, normal looking that you could see still as a, a, a star in Hollywood and not just, you know. Losing the cuteness or whatever. That's one of these recent pictures of her. She does not look anything like Esther. She's she's kind no. of a blonde now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she 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 dyed her hair blonde. Yeah. Yeah. How about that. Yeah. Yeah. The other roles that she did. Yeah, I, I think the blonde is probably uh, dyed. Yeah, because I think her other roles have all been the same color here. No, she's a she's a natural brunette. Yeah. 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 It, she she could have also dyed it for a role too. So who knows. Quite possibly. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm glad they didn't have any animals because, you, except for the the uh, rat, and and the rat was actually killed by Julia Stiles. She was a parrot. <laughs> so, it, oh, well, that's true. But this this character here isn't as bad as we think because she was not a murderer to animals. She actually was going to let the rat survive. She liked the rat, so she's. Mm-hmm. she's yeah, and she didn't technically kill it herself. She just gave it the food that was going to be fed to her, and it was just too much for it. There's the name of our pre-prequel. Orphan, the Pied Piper. <laughs> oh, but but that's the thing. She, yeah, she didn't – when she came back into the room, she she honestly didn't think the rat was, was, going, was going to be dead. So she, I don't think she knew that the food was poisoned. No. Well, it wasn't poisoned. It was able to put her to sleep. It yeah, yeah. It wasn't going to kill her. It was going to put her to sleep. She just wanted her to sleep. Yeah, it was just kind of weird because in the uh, wiki, it talks about poison to kill her. So I, 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 that's what I got out of it was what you said, Barrett. And yeah. I, I thought it was odd that in the wiki it said that she was trying to be poisoned by Julia Stiles' character. But either, either way, um, she didn't even know there was anything elicit in in the food when she gave it to the rat she was just feeding the rat because she likes the rat right yeah exactly 
you know, and then yeah, so so, so she she's not a bad person really. She you know, the only person she killed was people. Actually, you're completely wrong, Phil. She is a bad person. Really? She's just yeah. as bad she's as the people that were trying to get her. People. Yeah, yeah, but it's just people. It's just people. <laughs> it's just people. <laughs> yeah. Until so, like, the they're not real, right? The student yeah, has yeah, become she, the master. <laughs> she, she hasn't, she hasn't killed, she killed any animals, so she's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up uh, related to this film here? Or, or the character and, and its back, the backstory and such? I think I'm good. Yeah, all right. All right, so uh, we'll uh, wrap up this section of the podcast. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Mystic wrap-up. I don't know if anybody wanted to talk about that. So uh, a summation. So what we that did was like is, a year uh, ago, man. I don't, I don't remember. Oh, it was like two weeks ago. Uh, so basically what it was is uh, we, we all met in Mystic, Connecticut for the Dark Discussions podcast meetup, which we hadn't done for two years because of uh, covid and not being familiar with uh, the Connecticut laws and, and their strictnesses and all that stuff. Um, so we, we restarted it up this year, and uh, all of us were there, including um, Kevin Letts um, and uh, uh, Leo Pond, and also Gage Fultz was there. Had to be Gage um, and his family. That was fun. Yeah, we got to meet Gage and his wife and children. We got to meet uh, – everybody finally got to meet Barrett's wife. Everybody finally got to meet uh, Kevin's wife. Everybody got to meet Mike's wife. Everybody got to meet my wife and my kids. Um, I got to spend Friday night at Mystic Pizza at the other end of the table from Phil with his wife talking about what a wacko he is. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, I wish it was a good time. I wish I wish I, I could have recorded that to see what she said about me. <laughs> I heard it was close enough to hear. Yeah, so because uh, I I would consider divorce. I would consider. Divorce. <laughs> Don't divorce her for telling the truth, Phil. <laughs> uh, I, I, I I could consider divorce. I could do it. My wife had such a good time. She's like, we have to go every year. <laughs> yeah, it was a great time. It was a great time. Uh uh it was good. it was uh fun times. Um and uh um getting to see everybody was was great for sure. Oh, it was a blast. Yep, sure was. Uh so uh anybody who else wants to join us uh next year, we'll, we'll most likely do it again next year, uh probably around the same time frame, August, September time frame uh or could even do it in july i uh, know that the scares are here is is over we, we could we could move it to whenever but we'll discuss it next year when when uh after january and uh start setting it up and anybody that wants to join us uh you're most welcome because uh, again we, we did have uh um kevin letts who originally didn't podcast with us and he started joining us a couple of years ago uh, Leo, who who's not part of the network, he he's joined us. Gage showed up, so that was good. So uh, always uh, looking looking to uh, meet and greet everybody. So, yep. Uh, anybody else want to Mike? Opinions of uh, Mystic? Anything? Where's Mystic? 
I go there all the time now, it feels like, uh, between the Pam's gambling and these meetups. But, yeah, no, it was good to finally get back together because um, it has been since 2019. And, uh, you know, that's three years, and some of us don't have as many years left. <laughs> <laughs> right. Through that. Yeah, but, 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 but not untrue. Name Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, come on, sorry. No, so it you know it was good. We, we I enjoyed the film. Uh, you and I seem to enjoy it more than most of the people there. Um, but yeah, too, right? I, she, she kind of liked it, right? I thought so. Yeah. Now, um, what was I say? Uh, uh, but yeah, that's the main reason why we we uh, chose Mystic area originally to meet up after the very first meetup, which was um, in Western Massachusetts, uh, closer to where Eric was staying and visiting his brother at the time um, before he moved. But um, we chose Mystic was because, uh, yeah, Pam, we were thinking of Pam and uh, her uh, enjoyment playing poker. And uh, there's a couple of casinos right in the area. And uh, that's why I suggested Mystic instead of, say, Providence or, or Salem, Massachusetts, when we were moving it from Western Massachusetts to somewhere else. I was always I was thinking of Pam, Mike. I was thinking of, I was thinking of Pam. <laughs> well, and and Barrett and I uh, hit the aquarium, uh, which I, I had too. not had a I chance to do previously. Um, and I think we can both agree that the uh, it's it's smaller than expected, but the price of admission is worth it just to see the beluga whales. But, but Absolutely, not just, just not just the two of you. Me too. We uh, we went on Friday. I mean, oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. We we, we went. Uh, no, we actually went. Was it Friday? It was no. It may have been Saturday. Yeah, it may, I think it was Saturday. Yeah, we yeah it Saturday. was Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So it is expensive, but it's worth it because of the the Beluga wheels for sure. Um, and it actually used to be bigger, uh, but they they converted because I went uh, nine years ago. Uh, it was our last trip when my wife was almost about to burst. Uh, so the baby moon is what it's called, and uh, we went then. And they, where they have the um, dinosaur exhibit, you know, the dinosaur mm-hmm. movie that you could watch, that used to be a whole exhibit area uh, as well. And uh, they, they ch- changed that. So they closed that. I think did that used to be another, like, theater thing. They, they seem to keep changing. That's one of those things, I think, that changes all, every now and then. It could, yeah. yeah because it, it was a bunch of exhibits when we went back in the day. And and also also where they had the kitchen uh, it wasn't as big, the outdoor kitchen area, and that used to be all exhibits too. So they, yeah, so they changed it up a bit. The kind of virtual reality thing that I thought about doing and then I decided not to because um, it was just more money, but um, I might do that sometime if we go back again. It looked kind of neat. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that was a great, great time too. Yeah, my girls uh, loved it. I, um, I had, I posted all the pictures. Uh, I don't think Mike and and Eric check my my Facebook uh, page often, but yeah, nope, I have. Sure they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I had my my uh, my girls uh, watching it in their excitement when, when the, the whales would would swim by stuff. I also uh, just might have scrolled by it thinking it was my own feed because I I posted a bunch of pics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a fair point. Um, so any, anything else anybody want to bring up about Mystic? Anything? No, it was right. a good time. Yep, it's a good time. The Dark Discussions podcast, or Dark Discussions News Network meetup uh, is always good. It's always good. 
Um, all right. So uh, all of us, all four of us, right? Saw Jaws on IMAX this weekend? Yes. That was yes. fun. <laughs> yep. Um, it I, looked I saw amazing it. in IMAX, I think. Anybody yes. see it in the 3D version? No. If they had had IMAX 3D version, I would have watched it. But I didn't want to see 3D version, not IMAX. I want to see IMAX. Yeah, so, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, Mike. Mike, didn't you see it in 3D IMAX? Oh, they, there was no, there was no 3D IMAX. It was all. Okay. Yeah. It was either 3D or IMAX because okay. Steven Spielberg is trying to teach the world that you can't have everything. That's so nice of a rich guy. Oh, okay, so, so there is so no nice such, of a rich guy. So there's no such thing as IMAX 3D for Jaws. There is. There is. They just okay. didn't make okay. it for this film. They said for Jaws. Yeah. That's what, right. Okay. Okay. So when when someone like I think it was Trucker Trent or someone saw it or David Michael Fowler they saw it in 3D. They weren't talking about it in IMAX. They were just talking Correct. about it on, on Gotcha. All right. And they said the 3D was awesome. Uh, whoever it was, one of those two, they said it was really good. But um, I saw it on IMAX. Uh, I brought my two daughters, uh, and I also brought my neighbor's son as well. And uh, and uh, he wasn't scared because he said, "Oh, I've seen it about six times already," and he's like fifteen. And then, uh, but my my daughter's, uh, especially my oldest, she's such a chicken. Uh, she literally was in her chair, upside down, with her like butt. <laughs> hanging out because her face is buried in the chair. So, you know, hiding, um, at certain scenes. So it was kind of, kind of funny. Um, but this is the same, uh, uh, daughter that, that, you know, will leave the room and, and scream. Is, is the scene over yet? Even, you know, even in she- about watching she Hulk, if there's a scene that's just a little intense on she Hulk, is it over yet? <laughs> is it over yet? And so, yeah. Um, but they they survived. They weren't traumatized. I was impressed. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's such a and, and watching that movie. I watch it every year uh, on Fourth of July, and like, it's just such a great movie. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the 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 effort that went into making it. Like everybody told Steven Spielberg that he was insane. Uh, for for trying to do this, they're like, "Wait, you want to shoot a movie in the ocean? <laughs> what? That's not gonna work." And you know what? It gave him a lot of problems. Uh, but in the course of overcoming those problems, he made I think uh, like I, I know that there is arguable. I, I'm not gonna say this is a definitive fact. In my opinion, Jaws is the best movie ever made. Um. To me, just all the elements of it, the filming and the editing and the acting, all came together perfectly in the end. Well, you know what uh, could make it better? The grace. (laughs) Uh, Stop it, Mike. um, Now, why was it at at theaters? Is is it like some sort of anniversary right now or something? They're just trying to get people back in theaters. Okay, so that's why they had it. Like I I was referring earlier to having heard conversations about there being a lack of material. Um, if you know who Dave Chen is, he's a he's a podcaster. Does a bunch of movie podcasts. Yeah. Every Sunday he has Game a, of Thrones too, TV shows too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Every uh, in fact, he just launched a new website, decodingtv.com. Um, he's doing a whole bunch more. Uh, but he also on Sundays has a conversation with Scott Mendelson, uh, who's a box office expert. And every week they make predictions of what's going to happen the next week, uh, and go over what happened that previous week. And all summer, they've just been bemoaning the fact that, like, 
uh, you know, uh, there's this big spat of movies at the beginning of the summer. And as to that, there really hasn't been all that much coming out because the studios are holding back their, their big films for something. Um, and they're not quite sure what, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, they really like part of part of what's going on is on the studios right now because they're just not putting their movies in theaters. They're holding them back till next year for some reason. Um, well, but they're also just trying to, you know, people got used to not going to theater during the pandemic. And now right. like the Saturday was three dollar movie ticket day. Right. It was movie day. And apparently yeah, yeah. that was a big success. Um, what a job. What a because that's, that's more how much people bought tickets on Saturday to the movies uh, than uh, the entire Labor Day weekend in 2019. So it worked. Well, the, apparently the reason for that was that, I guess, looking at the statistics, that is the least attended day of the movies all year. Is Labor really? Day weekend Saturday? Interesting. Is, is that Labor Day weekend? Yeah. Um, is that Saturday? Right. No, I, I, I'll trust AMC. They probably know a whole lot more about it when people go to see movies than I do. Um, but that was apparently the reason for it. There is like a, supposed to be a cinema week or something, I think in October, mid October, which I don't know what that's going to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know idea who's, cause I saw that in, um, it just came out of the, out of the theater to see the invitation in a flat, a flagship theater. So I don't know. Oh if yeah. You have to tell us how that a nationwide works. thing. And then, um, yeah, but I mean, I just like, just had the first day of school. I always give my students a survey to do, and I always put in there, like, what one of the questions I put in there just to find out something about them is what's their favorite movie. I had a lot of kids this year who just, like, had no favorite movie, kids who just said they don't watch movies. One kid who says, I don't watch TV, That's been- which apparently they don't even know the difference between TV and movies. Um and then the saddest of all were two students who wrote their favorite movie ever was the Transformers: The Last Night. That's oh, God. Oh yeah, don't yeah, don't don't worry. I I referred them to the counselor. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> which Transformer was that? Was that the first one? Oh, the uh, last yeah. night, which is what? the last. No, the yeah. first one I can forgive. The last night was 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 such utter dreck. Oh my God, it, it really was. was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and let me explain why I say bad. I don't mean this is a bad movie the way most of the Transformer movies are bad movies. No, I mean this was a bad movie for a Transformers movie. It was a bad movie. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Like, like Bumblebee was a great film, but Bumblebee but, was yeah. fun. But yeah. yeah, no, this no, this was, was this was, was crap. Oh, it's, I mean, like like the, like oh. the script was completely incomprehensible. Gotcha. Uh, now, um, it was odd, too, was uh, when I went to IMAX on Saturday at 7 o'clock, 7.30 or something like that, to see Jaws on you know, on, on IMAX. Yeah, well, it, was, it wasn't many people there. It was fairly empty. I was shocked. There weren't any. I went on a Sunday because I was working on a Saturday. Um, but there weren't very many people in my showing either. And I had actually I'd gotten three tickets because I thought Dan and Susie were coming with me, and they turned out not to be able to make it. And when they scanned my uh, my phone at the ticket booth, the lady was like, "You got friends with you?" And I was like, "Oh, they couldn't make it." She's like, "Oh, well, take these and go go back over to the box office and, and get a refund uh, for these two tickets." And I was like, "No, I no, I want this to be a success." <laughs> I was like, "I will pay for those tickets because if you if you showed you I was an IMAX every year, I will come back every year. I want I want this to be shown no, no, no. again." What you could what you could have done is gone to see it. 
two more times. Or, or Eric, <laughs> even even better. Well, that's true. You could have. But I, I even did better, Eric, time. Even better, Eric, is that you were worried that if you gave the tickets back, then two people would, that you don't know would be sitting next to you. Well, that's also true. I, I enjoy having buffer seats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my theater was really empty, too. There were only four other people in the theater, and it was a huge theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was shocked because I, I was coming back from the the Hoppington uh, Fair, which is like a, like a farm fair, you know, has rides and stuff, you know, a carnival, but it also has like 4-H type stuff and all these farms from all over New Hampshire and even Vermont. Uh, come down and they have contests for cows and pigs and all that. And we're there all day. And then um, I remembered that it was $3 and and Jaws was playing. And so I ordered the tickets in the car while uh, my wife was driving because I had to order the tickets. So we I ordered the tickets. And then I text my, my, my neighbor. I said, hey, you and your, your son want to come? And he goes, oh, uh, uh, I can't. I'm, I'm booked, but could you take Edgar and I said, "Yeah, sure," but I'm not sure if I'll be able to find a seat next to me because I already bought the three seats for me and my two daughters, and it's Jaws, and it's on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And so I go back on. I said, "Give me, give me a couple of minutes." So I go back on, and I find a seat, and it's like right next to mine. I said, "All right," so I booked it, and I said, "Yeah, I'm shocking. I was able to get it." And then when we show up to the theater, there's no one there except for like six other people, like you, Barrett. So yeah, I was completely shocked. I thought it was going to be wall to wall. Uh, at my IMAX, you know, um, but it is what it is. And for the record, for anybody who has a complaint about Jaws that the shark looks fake, uh, with with the exception of maybe the reef, uh, which used actual shark footage and visual trickery to make it look like actors near them, um, that, <laughs> no other shark looks more real than <laughs> a shark. Well. No, I, I'll disagree. Uh, that I'll disagree right. with. Like, I mean, I thought I, I thought the model sharks in in Deep Blue Sea looked better um, when you had them out. Jaws gets a lot of mileage out of being careful how it shows the shark in the water, uh, or getting very brief glimpses. The two shots that are extended of the shark when it's eating up, eating on the line, right? When it's chewing its way back through the line, mm-hmm. and when it's and when it's eating. Quint is where it really just that though it's just those two shots to me just look bad. It looks yeah, like a mechanical shark. I would agree. They're not great shots, um, but considering the time period, I'll take they're, it over they're uh, any other fucking done. shark movie in the universe. Well, because it's just a better show. Oh, no, because it's a better movie overall. Right, you can put the best a, sharks ever. I agree with DC. I, I think those shark looks fake as fuck. Right. Did, 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 the CGI, I mean, the CGI sharks. I'm talking about. The, like when they have them on the uh, like when she's like oh when they're just the sitting there All right they're sitting gotcha. there there as a model like triceratops in uh, Jurassic World or Jurassic right. Park yeah right but it's also Deep Blue Sea is almost twenty years ago <laughs> right all <laughs> all I'm saying is I will take Steven Spielberg's mechanical shark with the jowls over any CGI shark any day of the week that's all I'm saying I hear that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's I, more to I, it than just the shark too. It's well, like you well, know everything well, else. Well, it's it, it's it comes down to the movie Prey, and my biggest 
problem with that film that the animals just look so fake. The 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 CGI animals in that were terrible. And <laughs> and it costs a lot of money use, to do it right. When you can use practical always go practical but it's maybe the, this might be the problem phil maybe practical is more expensive now than the cheapest cgi you can do you're probably right yeah well and there's also there's also uh actually listening to an interview with dan trackenberg since you mentioned prey uh he said folks if you're looking and getting into the movie industry do visual effects because there's a huge shortage of talent right now uh the visual effects houses are backed up for the next three years um so if you, if you want to get a job in the movie industry, well, learn how to do that. Also, another problem with, with modern films, um, and again, you know, Jaws is great, but any any film from that era, um, they they, you know, even blood nowadays are is all CGI. While mm-hmm. back in those days, they had yeah. the, the little little things underneath your clothes or whatever, and it would just pop, right. and it looks so real. You know, while now you can tell it's fake CGI blood and and stuff, and it's like. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. But, mm-hmm. So, so you got to give appreciation to all the, you know, like like Steve McQueen's bullet when cars crash because those are real cars. <laughs> or, or, you know, I mean, so no, there's you know. there's something, and I think about this every time I watch The Hitcher, because um, man, back in the day, if you wanted a gas station to blow up on screen, you had to blow up a gas station. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of miss it. Yeah. 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 Same here. And there is a difference, I feel, between a CGI gas station blowing up and an actual Absolutely. gas station blowing up. Yeah, there is. <laughs> For sure. It's true. You can tell in, in Rambo, too. First Blood, sorry. Uh, yeah, in First Blood, they blow up a gas station, too. And you, you can tell it's real. Like, yeah. in commentary, uh, Sylvester Stallone talks about how uh, it you can see how it's shaky uh, when the gas station blows up. That's because they just like they they set up six cameras and ran away because nobody wanted to be near it. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's real filming. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Anywho, sorry, I took us off the rails there, but I think no, we that was, that was a fun discussion. Yeah, yeah. Now, Mike, um, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you said you saw the in- invitation. Um, how was that? Yeah, how was it? Yeah, Mike, how okay. was it? <laughs> it's, it? It was okay. Um, it's not a film I necessarily feel the need to watch or own again. I, if you're a horror fan, it's not a horrible thing. You might want to catch it on streaming. Uh, although of course I always recommend catching movies in theaters. Uh, the problem is if you if you have if you have not figured out the twist to it yet, anyone who is a horror fan worth their salt, or at least a horror fan who is not like a young horror fan, will know the twist within moments of uh, of the lead character arriving in England, um, because. It's sort of like, you know, if they, let's 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 reverse the situation here. If the character had arrived and someone said, "Welcome to Wayne Manor," we'd all know what the twist of the film is going to be, right? You know, mm-hmm. that oh, it's going to be Batman. Well, something similar to that happens here, and I don't want to spoil that. Um, where you'll be going like, 
welcome to Frankenstein Castle. You go, oh, I think I know what's going to happen here. Sort of a similar <laughs> thing happens. And like I said, if for some reason you haven't figured it out yet from, from commercials trailers, you'll, you will figure it out immediately. And that undercuts some of the, the, the mystery. And so you're sort of like, oh, yeah, this is that. They're toying us, pretending that we don't know what's going on, but we, you know, we all know we're way ahead of the film. And so I think that undercuts it. I think so the pacing probably could have been a little bit sharper. But other than that, it's, it's not, a, it's, it's not a, a waste of time. Um, I just don't think it was necessarily exceptional. So take that what you will. I have no idea how it's doing or what the reviews are like. Gotcha. All right. Um, um, all right. Oh, yeah, continue. I'm just looking right now to see where this might be. Uh, and I, I like Rotten Tomatoes isn't even bothering with theatrical releases. It's just just giving you here's our review of streaming. It's like I don't want streaming. I want theatrical. Yeah, I don't even see it. That's not a good sign. No. Like, well, I'm just meaning it's not a good enough sign. Like they don't feel like they need to promote it. Right. Right, right. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right, so let's go around. Uh, Mike, any anything else that you wanted to add that you yeah, watched? Yeah, I completely be... somehow forgot to mention this last week. Um, but I, uh, Pam and I went to see the uh, see Beetlejuice on Broadway, and both liked that a lot. And it's where the one like complaint I would have is that the 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 music, the musicality itself, isn't great. Um, in that it's not bad, but it's very generic. But the lyrics are really good. The performances are good. I thought the staging was really good. The sets are phenomenal. Um, and I actually think they, they work the story in a way that makes it a bit better and that they give all, all the, the five main characters' story arcs, kind of make them all somewhat sympathetic, Beetlejuice included. Uh, and then I had to laugh because I was watching this between the last two Game of Thrones episodes, not Game of Thrones, uh, House of the Dragon episodes. So you remember in the movie in Beetlejuice, um, you know, he tries to marry a Winona Ryder who is a teenage girl. And they just kind of stop the musical in the middle. You know, the, the, the song is, is uh, the, where they're getting married is called Creepy Old Man or Creepy Old Guy is the name of the song. And just kind of stop in the middle of the wedding and say, is it? It's hard to believe that culture, some cultures are good with this. And I just couldn't help but get Game of Thrones out of my head uh, where they're trying to marry off 12-year-olds. But, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. And the weird thing is, other than a couple of moments, they reworked the story almost completely. I mean, there are some general story beats that are, there are the, the general story beats are the same, but nothing, for the most part, plays out the same with the exception of the uh, of the dinner scene of singing the banana boat song. Everything else really has plays off has a different spin. How the characters die is different. You know, they go into a lot more backstory on uh, the Lydia character. The finale is very different. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, it was definitely worth watch. It's about to hit, I think a national tour soon. So if you get a chance to catch it, uh, I recommend it. Very good. Anything else, Mike? That's it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, what about you, Bert? Uh, you know, we have so many podcasts we're doing. I'm watching all the stuff for that. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. And, and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, which, eh, it's okay. 
Yeah, that's what I'm hearing too. That's just yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just watching uh, stuff for the podcast, uh, the She-Hulk and uh, House of the Dragon for the other two podcasts that we've been doing. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. What about you? Uh, oh, and I've been playing uh, the Quarry a little bit more, uh, which is a video game, which is pretty good, uh, really good actually. That, that if you screw up, your character dies. They die really bad. I'll tell you that. Sheesh. But um, <laughs> it's uh, it's a, it's a really good game, and the graphics are phenomenal. Uh, Eric, what do you got? Uh, I haven't really been watching much of any of that, but I spent a lot of my time playing uh, Madden 23. Um, but uh, I have uh, – I was talking about the, the audio book I listened to driving uh, to Mystic and back um, called Library at Mount Char. I started a second audio book uh, for the last leg of that trip and didn't quite finish it. So I just had it I, – I just leave it on in the car and it plays when I'm driving. Um, and the one I'm listening to right now is called The Final Girl Support Group. And it's kind of interesting. It might be for the the people that listen to this show, because um, it's set in a world where like all the serial killers from movies are real. Um, like, of course, they can't use the same names because copyright. But uh, you know, there's a Michael Myers and there's there's a Jason Voorhees, um, and all the all the final girls from from these horrible. Uh, killing sprees uh, have gotten together and they're in, they're in a support group with a therapist. Um, and the uh, main narrator of the story is someone who met the same fate as Linnea Quigley's character in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, she, she got left hanging on a set of antlers. <laughs> and she, she actually gets looked down upon by the other members of the group because she never actually fought back against her attackers. She just survived hanging on a set of antlers all night. Uh, <laughs> so she's she's the narrator of the story, and the story is about how, uh, it, for some reason, uh, somebody decides to start trying to kill off all the members of this final girl support group, uh, and nobody really knows who or why. Um, so if you think that sounds interesting, check it out. The Final Girls Support Group by uh, Grady Hendrix is the name of the author. How did you find out that book? I was just poking around for audiobooks and saw the title. I was like, all right, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, that's, it works. Right, very good. Uh, anything else, Eric? Uh, that's it for me. All right, sounds good. All right, so that's pretty much all of our stuff. So uh, I guess we get into our final thoughts in Orphan uh, First Kill. But before we do, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy Dan. I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Ascansity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find out wherever you got this one. Excellent. Uh, also, uh, myself, Kevin Letts, Barrett, and Mike, and Sean Fox uh, do... She-Hulk, Avenger of the Law, a Marvel podcast talking about each episode of the Disney Plus television series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Uh, So uh, check that podcast out wherever podcasts are found. Uh, Barrett, myself, and you, along with a a group of uh, uh, other co-hosts that join us occasionally, are doing another podcast, and we've got a screener that's coming up. Yes, uh, Psychotronic Psychotronic Boutique. Ah, I can't talk. Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. 
Um, yeah, we're going to be doing a streamer here soon. Um, not sure exactly when, but it'll probably pop up sometime in the next month and a half. Um, and who knows what else we'll be doing with that. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm going to probably, uh, maybe try to set something up within the next 14 days so we can get it out of the way because, uh, who knows how long these screeners are, are available for us to use, you know? So, uh, we'll look at that and, uh, see what happens. Uh, and, uh, I'll talk to you, Mike offline after we finish recording because yourself, if you're interested, you can let us know to join us. Uh, also Mike, uh, me, you, uh, Barrett and Sean Fox are doing another podcast about a, a new other television show. Yeah, so that's the Decimation of Dragons, uh, House of the Dragon podcast, uh, which is surprisingly enough about the TV show House of the Dragons. It's been off of Game of Thrones. Uh, and I think the show has been rocking the first three episodes, you know, mostly because you have a lot of talk about child marriage. So that's awesome. Um, and then <laughs> it's some, 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 some occasional dragons in there, too. Um, no, I think it's, I think they're doing the political intrigue really well uh, and I'm liking it. Uh, I'm liking it a lot more. I'm surprised how much I'm liking it. And, you know, I'm finding myself like not wanting the episodes to end. So yeah, highly recommended. Highly recommend. Uh-huh. Then that's podcast too. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, Mike, uh, me, you and Eric, uh, when we're not doing that podcast, uh, do another side podcast. Uh, cinema a la carte. Is that, yeah, did I get that so right? Yes. So Card is a podcast where we listen, where we listen to, no, where we watch movies that are not horror films, things like, oh, I don't know, gangster movies, uh, where we, and we review those. We each take turns picking films. Uh, I picked the last, I, I, I'm picking the next one or have picked the next one. And we're trying to find time to squeeze that into our busy schedules. Uh, but yeah, you can feel free to check us. I don't know what, what, are we completely caught up on that? Or are we still behind on that one? Uh, we, we have, I think we may have one episode to come out. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, we, we have one or two more that, that are still coming out. Yep. As, as episodes that have been recorded. Yep. So people can, uh, look out for that. Um, all right. So I think that's pretty much, uh, some of the house cleaning. So, uh, let's go and discuss our final thoughts on often first kill. So let's start with you, Barrett. I really like this movie. Um, it's probably going to be in my top 10 for the year. Um, we'll see once we get to the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, it was really good. I like the twists. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Eric. Uh, yes. I also enjoyed this movie heartily. Um, yeah. And I, I anticipate it will also be in my end of the year list. All right. Very good. Um, and for me, uh, yeah, I haven't said it yet tonight. But I meant to, which is best film ever, and uh, it is a great. You should film. say that more, so it means less. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so either way, uh, that film, this film is, uh, yeah, it'll be on my top ten as well. Actually, it'll, it's probably going to be on my top five unless uh, some really other great films come out, uh, which I, I I can hope for because it's, it's always good to even see other great films. Uh, but this one, this one right now is yeah, a top five for sure uh, as of nine. 8 2022. Uh, Mike. I like the film. I think it's solid. Uh, it's a solid sequel. Uh, and definitely give it a recommend. Technically, it's a prequel, Mike, not a sequel. <coughs> Sorry. I was just being asked. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, 
once again, uh, the film's called Orphan First Kill. It's a prequel uh, in the franchise, or quote-unquote franchise, um, based off of the 2009 film Orphan. Uh film can be found at theaters, as well as Paramount Plus and uh, VOD. Uh stars Isabel Furman, uh, re- re- uh cast at, or not recast but cast as uh the role she played in the original um and uh yeah we all liked it so with all that stated eric why don't you leave this out all right thanks for tuning in let's just talk about orphan colon first kill come back next week we'll have another topic Gotta give a little, take a little, and let your poor heart break a little. That's the story of, that's the glory of love. You gotta laugh a little, cry a little, before the clouds roll by a little. That's the story of, that's the glory of love. As long as there's the two of you, you've got the world and all its charms. And when the world is through with you, you've got each other's arms. You've got to win. Lose a little And always have the blues a little That's the story of That's the glory of love There's the two of you You've got the world And all its charms And when the world Is through with you You've got each other's arms You've got to win a little Lose a little And always have the blues a little That's the story of, that's the glory of love. That's the story of, that's the glory of love.